step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. transformational show about life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness, delivered by good people doing good business and good things. And I'm your host, Michelle Swinnick. We are your trustworthy resource for sharing personal stories and quality content conveyed with a hint of humor and a supersized side of sincerity. This is our signature segment, The Massey Memo, with our expert contributor, Robert Massey, attorney, solution provider, and protector of the people at Massey and Massey Attorneys at Law. Robert delivers the Massey Memo on the first and third Fridays of every month. His engaging and entertaining personality gives the boring law just the jolt it needs to make you want to tune in and learn to better play the hand you've been dealt in this game we call life. Enjoy the show. This is our expert contributor segment, The Massey Memo with Robert Massey, attorney, solution provider, and protector of the people at Massey and Massey Attorneys at Law. Robert will be delivering The Massey Memo on the first and third Fridays of every month. All of our episodes are listed on our website and patriotic purpose-driven platform, everythinghometalkshow.com. Please check it out. Begin to use it as a resource to meet, learn from, and hire the experts, guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home socially conscious referral network and marketplace. They truly are good people doing good business and good things. People and companies you can trust to provide quality content, products, and exceptional service. The Massey Memo has its own page on our website under the Expert Contributor tab, which includes every episode and Robert's information is there too. Today's topic, new year, new laws, even if it's not in your state yet, it affects you. First my joke, then on with the show. Instead of giving a politician the keys to the city, it might be better to change the locks. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good because then we're talking about all these crazy new laws. It's been a while since we were on the air. There's been quite a lot of things that have gone on. I don't know if you wanted to share that with the, the listeners today, Robert. That's kind of up to you. Uh, yeah, just more... Unfortunately, it's been a rough year for my family. Um, My sister passed away a few weeks back in the middle of January. So I've obviously been dealing with that and being with my family and trying to navigate another big loss in in a very short period between my dad and my sister. So, uh, yeah, apologies for not keeping up our regular schedule, but that was completely on me. Nothing to do with Michelle. And uh, I, I did have a very, very good reason for it. I promise. But uh, we are back now and, and happy to be back. Yeah. And you never, of course, need to apologize for anything like that. And our, our thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to your family and you, and I'm sure all the listeners 
you're in their thoughts and prayers too. I mean, um, it just reminds me, I keep this book on my desk. I haven't, believe it or not, I haven't read it. It's one of the 18 million books I have that <laughs> I've never read. And it's, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking I might well just do the audio version and play it in the background while I'm working. It's just difficult for me to sit down and, and find time to read because, you know, you can't do something else while you're doing that. I guess maybe it's like a multitasking ADD <laughs> disorder. But um, it's the book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And um, a friend of mine gave it to me years ago when my mom passed. And, of course, (laughs) I haven't had the courage to open it. But when you told me what had happened, I just looked at that book and I said, you know, that's a really good family. And uh, life is short. You never know. And, you know, without without going on the legal side, I mean, you know, we've talked about it a lot of times. You've got to be prepared because you just don't know. I mean, obviously, your sister was prepared because of you and your family. But it's just another reminder to have people... Yeah, be thankful for absolutely. what they've got, but also, you know, take care of the legal stuff, you know? Absolutely. And then thank you for the, for the kind words. I appreciate it. And, um, but no, I mean, it does, you know, and my sister honestly is a very, a very good example. Um, you know, we, nothing was, my sister didn't have anything owned in her, in her own name. She didn't own anything. Um, me and my brother were in control of everything as per my, you know, my dad's wishes. And, um, but she did have, she had a a young son. Um, so Mm -hmm. of course we made sure to have all those documents in place for her. So it just goes to show you, you don't need anything or or, a lot at all to, to really need those documents. And I mean, a perfect example, example of just never knowing what's going to happen that will connect with a much broader base of people other than my just individual family. I mean, look at what the terrible tragedy with Kobe Bryant. I mean, that talk about unexpected. I mean, the, I think Mm -hmm. on top of the, on top of the influence he had on so many people, just the pure shock of how unexpected that was, was a lot for people. And it just, it just goes to show you what you, you don't want to think about the worst possible thing that can happen, but unfortunately you at least need to be prepared for it. Then um, put, put certain things in place to make sure that, you know, if a horrible tragedy, a horrible unexpected tragedy happens um, like that Kobe Bryant situation or like my sister, you know, that things are in place and are, are going to be handled the way you want them to. And it just makes it, it makes it easier on the family. It honestly does like in so many ways, because it just simplifies the process so much. And, you know, I, I, I in no way want it to be considered that I'm using a tragedy to, to pitch something. It's, it's, just a re- it's just a reality. Of, it really is a reality of life. And like, I, I try and tell people this and I have so many people my age say, what do I need that for? Well, you know, wait, come on. I'm 30 some years old. I, you know, my sister was 38. Like, you know, if she didn't have a lawyer as a brother and a lawyer as a father, she would have never had those documents. And a lot of people are like that. And, and I, while I understand that thinking, cause 
we all make plans for tomorrow, even though tomorrow isn't promised. And, you know, that's how you can't live your life thinking there's a bus that's going to come around the corner every day. But you at least need to be prepared for that crazy thing that happens. So, yeah, it's uh, it is I, I keep I'll keep preaching and I keep on preaching. And honestly, it comes from a place of uh, now, unfortunately, very personal experience. But from experience and what I do for a living and just seeing these situations that clients, my clients have been put in over the years and just, it's, it's very difficult. So definitely, uh, definitely my public service announcement for the day, please, you know, do yourself a favor to get some type of estate planning done, have something in place, um, uh, you know, I don't care if you write it on a napkin and put it in a safe. You know, I certainly don't recommend that in any way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, have something in place just to give yourself peace of mind and, and your family peace of mind. So. Yeah, and as we've talked about on on previous shows, you know, even if you're married and you're thinking, well, if something happens to me, well, then obviously it just goes over to my spouse. And I had mentioned on a previous episode over the summer that when my Aunt Ronnie passed, she was married. The kids were all grown. Uh, but some of the things that transpired were not what she has always said she wanted. So at least it allows you to have whatever it may be carried out the way you want after you're gone, even if you are married. You got to keep that in mind Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Like I said, not another, it's not another plug, but it's another personal story. That's something that happened recently. And it's something that we're just trying to allow people to relate. You know, it's just not textbook stuff. And it's not something that we saw on the law and order episode. This is, this is real. And each situation is a little different than you would think that, uh, you know, it's never going to happen to you or whatever, but you know, just in a couple, just in the past year, Look at the look at what we've both seen personally. Um, so, yeah, just like I said, another reminder just reality. That's all, it unfortunately uh, so, is. Yeah, so let's get on to a little bit more <laughs> uplifting, or at least this will be somewhat entertaining because some of these laws that are in place now are just ripe for some comments and for some making fun of. So, today's <laughs> topic is new year, new laws, even if it's not in your state yet. It affects you. So I pulled up some of these crazy laws that are in place. There's actually a, quite a few good ones. I was surprised, except the good ones were at the end of the list. The bad ones were at the top. So I'm like, oh, my God, another bad one. And then I finally got to the, some of the good ones at the bottom. But the one that most people have heard in the news, because it started at the end of de- or towards the end of December, is the state of New York. Most of the things that are coming out of the state recently are just chaos and just not in favor of the good citizen that lives in the state. But the most recent one is the no more cash bails for many offenses where they are no longer setting cash bails for pretty severe offenses that people commit crimes and they're removing the judge's discretion. So I had read that at the end of December, they had 25,000 felons that were, or shall I call them defendants because they haven't been officially sentenced yet. They were released back into the system because they knew within a week or two they'd be released anyway. And then, of course, the most recent one people heard about was the bank robber. He had robbed a bunch of banks, 
Then he got caught and they said, oh, well, you, you fall in the category. You're out of here. We don't have to post any. You don't have to post any bail. And he went and immediately robbed another bank. So I will let you comment on that, Robert, because I'm sure there's quite a few quite a few things that you would like to contribute to the chaos of that insanity. The intention behind this uh, this new procedure and law, their, their head was in the right place for it. But just the way it's worked out, which is what, what the concern was initially, is, is not good. But the, the intention was to say, okay, it's not fair for this person that has means, and it doesn't matter if you set their bail at $10 million, they can still make bail. It's not fair for that to happen when I, so I can set bail to somebody at $25,000 or $10,000, and they don't have the means to do that. Um, so and, and if they're, it's a similar crime and they have the same bail and one person has the means to get out and the other doesn't, that's not fair. That was the thinking behind it try, to try and set up a, a, some type of fair system. But at the end of the day, um, you, you can't really you can't really base it off of that because the, the crime is the crime, and you know when they do bail evaluations, they do you know for similar crimes, they look at the person's ability to pay bail, and they will increase it based off the person's ability to pay bail. So someone with means it does the same crime as someone without means likely a lot of times will get a higher bail set. And so just because they have the ability to even hit that higher bail doesn't mean you take away bails completely for these certain offenses. Um, so it's, it, and it's clearly shown. I just, you know, the, the circumstances that you discussed, um, and there's a lot of debate going on right now as to whether to continue this because they've seen such a spike in crime uh, for you know certain types of offenses that they're not setting bail for that they're kind of looking at each other and say, well, this is this has gone the other way. Um, you know, this is not meeting the purpose of the reason why the law was passed in the first place. And if you're a legislator and you try to put forth a law for a certain intention and it's very clear that intention is not being met, then it's your job as a legislator to make a change, to, t- you know, to, to change the law, to, to change some of it, put back into place what was in place before. And I think you know, it, it's very clear that this has kind of backfired on them, that while – they can tote themselves and say, look at this incredibly fair system that we have, and we don't set cash bails, and it doesn't matter how much <clears throat> excuse me, how much money you have, this, that, and the other. Well, yeah, but you've seen a huge spike in crime. So, I mean, what, what do we want to do? Do we want a virtue signal to the world, or do you want to keep your city and state safe? So, you know, it, it's just one of those times where, the intention was in a good place, um, but this was not the way to to kind of put forth that good intention, and it's it's had a lot of negative effects from it for sure. Well, I think it's important to keep in perspective the, some of the crimes that are 
allowed to be categorized under this so you don't have to post the bail, which at the end of the day, there was a crime. Okay, this, the crimes that I'm going to list you, the three that jumped out at me the most, the ones I heard, it wasn't like some guy walked in the grocery store and stole a bottle of soda. And then they said, okay, you don't need to have a cash bail. Sex crimes against a child, no cash bail. Home invasion bur- burglary, totally fine, no cash bail. And stalking. So those are the three that I went, wow, you're harming another person. You're not just stealing an item or doing some sort of graffiti. You, you, you're, you are doing some sort of harm to another person, and it's kind of severe. So that's where the perspective just doesn't make sense where these lawmakers were trying to say, well, we're just going to do it because they can't afford it. Well, yeah, but these are pretty hardcore crimes that I don't want that person back on the street anytime soon. And I'm certainly not going to invite him over to dinner. Uh, so it's, it's, that's the part where I think most people just don't understand how it could have even got to the point. And then of course, if you're removing the judge's discretion, and their job, as you mentioned, is just kind of set the bail. Well, maybe for the, the lesser crime, like I mentioned, somebody stealing a bottle of soda from the store, maybe that could have been 50 or 100 bucks. It doesn't have to be four or $5,000. But there has to be some accountability because when you commit a crime, regardless if it's large or small, you know it's not right. So if there's no consequences, then you have lawlessness and you have people just doing whatever they want. Absolutely. And and I can, you know, I don't want to <laughs> paint a broad brush because obviously I don't know any judges in New York, let alone all of them, but I would have to, I, I would be, it would be hard pressed for me to believe that these judges that, you know, these, these people that are judges, they see it all. I mean, they really see it all. I was a law clerk for a year. So I got to sit next to my judge on the bench for a year and you really sitting on that side, you, I mean, you see so many different circumstances, so many different things. And so when you have these judges that have been judges for 10, 20, 30 years, they, there isn't much they haven't seen. And I would be, it'd be hard pressed for me to believe that these judges are in favor of this system. They know, they see these guys, even with bail, that are coming back in again and again and again as repeat criminals. Um, and, and they know there has to be something put in place, especially, like you said, for crimes where you're harming another person. I mean, I mean, there has to be some impediment to that, that person just being let right back out onto the street. It, it can't be... Uh, you know, it, it can't be like, okay, you know, but we'll see you later. And then they're back there again. So it's, it, you know, the, the, when you have people with the experience that have seen this, and again, I don't know this to be sure, but I, I would bet a lot of money that, you know, these, these judges are like, man, you really, taking my discretion away on this issue is really difficult because it's my one way to at least keeps people off the street for a little bit just to set this bail, make them come back for another hearing, make them have to, you know, post bail through a bail bond and check in with the bail. You know, 
it, it is the process that we have. Is it perfect? And of course not. It's not perfect. But this is a perfect example of while it's not perfect, it's better than what they tried to put in place. Because at the end of the day, as legislators, as judges, you know, you're, you're serving the people to, ho- to hopefully make them safer. And if this is not reaching that goal and, in fact, is directly impeding it, then a change has to be made. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. All right. How about this one? In California, the independent contractors are now dependent and they lose their business. So this gig economy where they're now reclassifying contract workers or independent contractors, they are now full-time employees, which changes the whole dynamic of the relationship between you and, say, the employer or the um, company that's hired you. It's changed your medical benefits. It's changed the taxing and how you're claiming your income, how much money you're making, and how much money it's costing the company, roles and responsibilities. I mean, it is just a long, long list. So, Mr. Business Attorney Structure Man, You know, California, they love to set the precedent that trickles across the country, usually not in a positive way. Um, so what uh, what do you think of that? And what do you think means for the rest of the vulnerable states? I think what it, as many decisions are based off of this factor, this decision is based off of money. And that's Really, with the state, that's what it's about. If you have employees, you got to pay payroll taxes. You got to pay other taxes. You got to have all these benefits. You have to pay all these different things to the state that aren't there when you have an independent contractor relationship with someone. It's it's on the independent contractor to to pay their you know to pay their own taxes so they're not getting them from the company. And then in addition, the person as well. So this will allow that to happen. And they've tightened it up uh, as a definition. I mean, look, I don't, I'm not an employment law guy. I have dealt with it uh, in small patches. um, And a lot of times in the business stuff that I do, I, I certainly have the discussion regarding employee versus independent contractor, because that's a constant push and pull um, with businesses. Look, we, we want to establish this guy as an independent contractor. He's not our employee. Okay. Well, he, you need to make sure he is that, you know, under the eyes of the law, whatever responsibilities they are given, they need to make sure that those don't fall into the category of employee. And it, it is a very difficult line to kind of judge at times um, to say, Oh, if I have them do this, is that too much or this? And so, I mean, it it is kind of a blurry line, Um, but this has now created it to where it's almost, it's very difficult to qualify as an independent contractor uh, in California because under the bill that they passed, they tightened the definition of what an employee is to such a degree that regardless of how careful you are, 
regardless of, uh, you know, trying to make those uh, different adjustments to make sure that you have an independent contractor agreement in place and the duties are laid out and they're clearly an independent contractor, all that, all those things, they've essentially made it impossible to do. And I mean, it affects a lot of businesses. I mean, these businesses like Uber and Lyft and Postmates and all these different delivery services now, all of those people are considered independent contractors. And they're considered independent contractors because if Lyft and Uber and Postmates and all these people had to hire these people as employees, it drastically affects their business model. The, the amount of taxes go up. The amount of benefits they have to offer goes up. I mean, it is a, a huge chance that the amount of liability goes through the roof if they're an employee. Um, so it, it drastically changes how those businesses operate in California. Now, th- those types of businesses may have, I, and I don't know this to be a fact. I haven't read this anywhere. I'm just kind of throwing this out there because I know how the world works and I think everybody would agree <laughs> when you have, when you have big companies like that, that do bring commerce into your state. Um, I, I'm sure there's some type of carve out that may be, be able to be worked out for those bigger companies, but a smaller company, a construction company, that has all these guys as independent contractors, which is a common course of business for the construction industry, it's going to make it very difficult. And they don't have this giant international business presence that Uber or Lyft or these other companies might have. So they're not going to get some type of carve out like that. They're going to have to follow it by the letter of the law. (laughs) And then if they have someone listed as an independent contractor and they get sued or the state comes and does an audit, all of a sudden you got this small business that thought they were doing everything right. And now they have to pay all these back taxes. They have all these, you know, all this stuff from, no, this person's really been an employee for the last 10 years, not an independent contractor. So here's your bill. And, you know, I, I, again, was there a, a good intention behind this? I mean, the good intention would be trying to get yeah. companies to provide benefits to people. And, and it, you know, cause when you're listed as an employee, you kind of have to have certain benefits and things provided and paying to social security and, and things like that. But there's also a lot of people that, don't want to have to be considered employees that want to be independent contractors because whatever business they're in, like that helps them operate easier and better and cheaper. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how, how big of an effect this ends up having from big, co- I mean, from small cuts, co- the small companies, like I said, that are very independent contractor driven, like the construction industry, I have to imagine it's going to have a pretty significant effect. Um, with the bigger companies, we'll just have to see how much leeway they get uh, and how much of a carve out 
they'll get in California to try and work something that they can continue with the business model they have. Cause I can tell you right now, it, it, it Lyft and Uber and these other places, there's, if they have to list people as employees, I mean, that Lyft and Uber ain't going to be a big business in California because that just, uh, that's, that would be just way too much. Well, keep in mind, when the cost of operating a business goes up, they pass that along to the consumer. So if someone's sitting back and going, well, I'm not in any industry that I have to worry about being an independent contractor, so what do I care? I, your Uber ride just doubled. <laughs> and now, or you got an extra fee or whatever company that you're working with for that construction, you know, you just add a 20 or 30% increase to the cost because somebody's going to have to pay for it. So that's kind of why I wanted to just open up the minds of the listeners to just realize no, that when you gr- do something like this, how much it impacts you, even if you have no attachment to this whatsoever, that. It's going to be more expensive no, a, to to use those services, and some and at some point, if this somehow works out in California, and another state sees how much revenue they're bringing in, oh, they're going to say, "Well, let's do that too." And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Well, that was my state. I thought it was fine because it wasn't California." Well, it's just a matter of time. You go, you've got these these states and that are operating at deficits they don't have enough revenue they're searching for other places to find revenue and if it works in one well the people that are running the state don't care let's just bring in more cash who cares about the people that live here you know no that's that's a great point absolutely it always ends up getting passed on to the consumer because they're not gonna they're not they're gonna try and find a way not to take the hit um and you know it really it's very frustrating that the you know the consumer is going to feel it and really small business is really going to feel it i mean they are really going to feel it uh because it is just it's a big if you have a small business it's a big deal to to make that consideration to take on another employee i mean if you're a company of eight or 10 people or, you know, even 20, 30 people to, to add on another employee, there needs to be a certain understanding of where your revenues are, where your profits are, what your costs are to be comfortable with adding a new employee. I mean, it's a huge consideration. So uh, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. The consumer for sure is going to feel it and, and small business is going to feel it. Lyft and Uber are going to be all right. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be all right. Um, but we can't govern to to these giant corporations because no matter what they you know they're going to be all right it'll be fine um, but these you know doing things that are going to affect these small businesses and, and consumers are very um, it's just very disconcerting and it, and it slows down the economy it does. You know, you got to give people the freedom to operate their business, obviously under certain constraints. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't need to be a free-for-all, but uh, you can't take away something that benefits businesses, consumers, and people in general. Uh, if you don't want to work – if you don't want to work as an independent contractor for a company, okay, that's fine. 
go find a company that's willing to hire you as an employee. And I, and I don't say that to say, oh, that's so easy. No, I, I get it. Getting jobs, especially in certain industries, it's difficult. But, you know, uh, you got to work it for the greater good, and I just don't see this as being for the greater good. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel very pro-choice when it comes to uh, <laughs> having that, especially a very liberal city like California. Very pro-choice, except when it comes to something like that. Very anti, anti, uh, anti, being in charge of your own destiny. That's kind of what it sounds like. So speaking of states looking for revenue because they don't know how to manage their own budgets and spend everyone's tax revenue, Illinois is now legal for pot sales. So now they have legal recreational marijuana dispensaries, and they are the 11th state. And uh, I have mixed feelings about these states legalizing pot, so I would like to know your opinion when it comes to, I don't want to say the consequences, but obviously there is revenue that comes in from the state, but then there's also consequences where, um, maybe people that weren't under the influence are now under the influence. I mean, is there statistics in the states that have already legalized this that there's more personal injury claims for accidents with cars or work issues where people maybe aren't getting as hired as often or any of that type of situation because there's been quite a few states that have been having pot legalized in the recreational use for years, um, but then again, alcohol has been, as people would use as a contrary point, alcohol has been legal for how many years? So what are your, what are your legal thoughts on that, counsel? Well, <laughs> I live in a state that uh, had legalized marijuana, um, and I will say this. Um I am for the legalization of marijuana. I I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for the state to legalize it, to tax it, and bring on that revenue. Um, in regards to safety, uh, I have talked to police officers, um, and it, you know, I, I think they police officers certainly will say they have noticed an increase in impaired driving um, after the legalization of marijuana. Um, but, you know, I, and that, that is certainly a concern. Don't get me wrong. That is certainly a concern, but I guess my counter to that is, <clears throat> is it just more open and obvious now people are driving around it, it, where officers can readily see that they have marijuana. It's not, since it's not illegal, people aren't trying to hide it um, a, as much. And so the statistics have gone up because it's just more easily reportable now. I, I don't know the statistics as to use, at least in this state, if the use of marijuana has gone up um, based off of the legalization because my thing was is honestly you know (laughs) look when they when they were discussing legalization in nevada and people would talk to me about it i you know my my response would always be look 
at the end of the day, let's just all be adults here. And I could probably talk with, you know, one of my older relatives, an uncle, my mom, someone, and I bet they could probably figure out a way to get a bag of weed. You know, it's not like, you know, it was illegal, but they, I mean, it, they, it was hiding in plain sight. I mean, it's not like. It's Everybody not, has a guy, like you know, let me exactly. call my guy. Let I mean, me text like, my guy. Yeah. They, everybody's got a guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the access to marijuana, well, it's not um, like it was difficult. It, you know, it's not like it was difficult. And. I yeah, it's not like you're legalizing argue. cocaine or anything crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and and I and I would certainly argue <sighs> that. I mean, you put alcohol next to marijuana, like it's it, it certainly poses the exact same risk for impaired driving. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it, from a health standpoint, I think a lot of experts have have said. Health-wise, alcohol is much harder on the body than marijuana. So, I mean, if we're looking at that and we have alcohol that's legal, okay, then then what's the argument for making marijuana illegal when making it legal can cut down on some, you know, the illegal activity? It's already so readily available anyways. You know, let's let's go ahead and 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 legalize it. You know, I, I do like, um, I do like in a way that they, the federal government has kind of stayed out of this. Um, you know, it's still illegal federally. Don't I understand that, but they're kind of letting state to state decide, look, are you comfortable with this being legal? And they haven't stepped in because look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of states that now have legalized it. Um, there's a lot of states where it's going to be on the ballot this year as an initiative question, you know, and it's going to continue over the next five years. And you got to think over the next five years with the discontinued trend, you're going to have over 50, 60 percent of the, the states uh, legalizing marijuana. But I like that it's going state to state. Um, I think it should continue to go state to state and then. Once it reaches a critical mass, maybe the federal government steps in and makes it federally legal. Who knows? But, um, you know, it's from that standpoint, it, the interesting part is it is still the dynamic between the state legality and the federal illegality. Because, for example, there's a, there's a marijuana dispensary three minutes from my office. I mean, and they're all over Vegas, obviously they're on the strip. They're everywhere. But those, those, those are legally operating businesses. Those businesses can't take their money to a federally insured bank. Because that's federally illegal. Yeah. So that's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. And so, and so, and I, you know, I, I do legal work in the marijuana industry. I know a lot of people that are owners of dispensaries. Um, and I've had these conversations with them and categorically across the board, I say, what's your biggest cost every month? And categorically across the board, they've all said security, 
Mm-hmm. I said, security for the product? He said, no, security for the money. <laughs> because we have to keep it, we have to, we're so cash heavy, and we have to keep so much money in cash that I, you know, I have to, the way I have to transfer it, I have to keep barrels of cash everywhere. I got to keep, I usually always have a million in cash in the back. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> so they say million said yes i said million with a mm. yeah there was an m <laughs> so it's like they've they've taken the illegality of the product away but that you know that the the process of transferring that money and and using that money legitimately and protecting that money and taking that crime element out of it has not been taken away because it's still federally illegal. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Another problem that, uh, you know, these weed, um, especially people that are buying buildings or locations to build marijuana grow houses, the biggest hurdle they run into is title insurance. These title mm. companies will not provide them title insurance because in every title insurance, these federally insured title companies, they have a provision in there that protects against um, federal search and seizure. They can't protect against that. Unwanted and unjustified federal search and seizure. They can't protect against that because, and they can't insure against that because it's federally illegal. So for a lot of these places to get title insurance, it's very difficult. So, you know, that dynamic is very, very interesting. And I will tell you, and I put a group of people together, you know, actually about nine months ago to try and figure this out, but we were kind of kept banging our heads against the wall. Whoever figures out a banking solution to, for businesses that are run marijuana businesses in states where it's legal but it's still federally illegal, they're the big winners in this whole situation because they're whoever figures that out is going to make a lot of money because these guys have try, have a hard time uh, doing payroll checks, providing benefits to their employees, uh, having any type of uh, company credit cards or anything like that, unless it's solely through a state institution. You cannot run it through a federal institution. So it just adds that level of difficulty to them. And it's like, all right, I get it. You know, it's the federal government hasn't touched it yet. And like I said, I think that's a good thing and just let states decide, but there should be some type, some type of carve out for companies in states where it's legal but again, I, I know that's difficult. As a, as a lawyer, I know that's very difficult to make that kind of carve out. But it's just, it's it's presented a lot of issues um, for these companies that are totally legitimate companies. Look, when they issued in Nevada, they initially issued ten licenses for dis, for dispensaries. It's like and they did that here. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like some cra- it wasn't like there was criminals in the line to get these licenses. Okay? 
We're talking about a who's who of Mm -hmm. Las Vegas families that were in line to get these licenses. Seven out of the ten licenses went to very, very well-known attorneys in the state of Las Vegas that have been here for years. My dad was approached about going in to try and buy a license. My uncle was approached to try and buy a license. I mean, this was, you know, these are very legitimate, good businessmen, good people that got these licenses and are doing a legitimate business and then find themselves with all these hurdles that they're dealing with where they have to operate a business in a very almost shady type of way because they have no other choice uh, to, to kind of move their money. I mean, I will tell you that the state banks here just absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, even state banks will ha- ha- have, are federally insured sometimes. So it's just a, it's an interesting dynamic. From But from a good to a bad, legal versus illegal, Again, I mean, I think, I, I think it's, uh, I think it makes sense. I you think do. it's I cool? Think I, it think it's, I think it's, I think it's because of your age. <laughs> I think it's because of your age. And, and that's fair. <laughs> and that's fair. I, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. It's, I just, look, I, I don't, you know, if we're talking about, you know, let's make cocaine legal and let's make methamphetamines legal and let's make heroin legal, even though it basically is legal because you have Oxycontin and all that other garbage. Um, you know, but in all the, I, I'm not saying that we should just legalize everything and let the chips fall where they may, but it's, it's something that it's just so prevalent everywhere. So, okay. And it's costing the states money. It's costing the states money when it's illegal. Because if it's illegal, you got to have task forces. You got to arrest people. You have to put people in jail. You have to have judges to prosecute, you know, to, to judge those people. You have to have public defenders to defend those people. It just, I mean, the taxpayers are paying for that being illegal. So if we are looking at, this substance that is already so prevalent that is readily available to everyone and that we can at least put next to, you know, another comparable legal, legal product like alcohol and say, how do the, the, how, how are the effects? Are they on the same plane? Are they on, you know, is it comparable in any way? Is it better? Is it just so much worse? And if you look at them together, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say marijuana is worse than alcohol. I've never heard anybody dying of a marijuana overdose, but I know plenty of people that are alcoholics and destroy their liver and die. Now, not to say that there's no diseases, cancer, lung cancer you can't get from marijuana. Don't get me wrong. But – and we can legalize that, and the state can make money off of it. And we can take away some of those costs. I mean, yeah, I, it just makes sense to me. And I can tell, I forget the number. I read it, God, I read it about a month ago. But I want to say it was something like $90 million to $100 million 
in tax revenue just from the marijuana industry that Nevada got last year. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now, obviously, you're putting that hands, that money in the hands into the wrong hands. Politicians, <laughs> politicians, and legislators, and, and hoping they do the right thing with uh. it. Right now, they right now they seem to just want to keep building stadiums and spend money on the NFL draft here in Vegas. That's going to happen in a couple months. Right now, they just keep throwing money at the NFL right now. But that's neither here nor there. So it just makes sense to me. And again, you're you're very you know, I know it was in jest, but it could, it absolutely is likely because of my age. Um, <laughs> but I just don't – I think there's a lot worse things people can be doing. I think, obviously, no matter how you're impaired, you shouldn't get behind the wheel of a car. Of course not. But let's not act like marijuana being illegal stopped people from operating a car impaired. That's just, that's just lunacy. <laughs> it's just absolute lunacy that when it was illegal, people, oh, I can't drive. And now that it's legal, people are like, okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's, like, let's, let's, let's get stone on the way to the dispensary. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just the, that correlation, it just doesn't exist. No, so, I, I agree. Oh, it's funny. But it, it, is it is it is it legal in Arizona? It is legal from a medical standpoint. It is not recreational gotcha. yet, but they're trying to get it on the ballot. Gotcha. I think I, I don't I know believe. how many states it's legal for for medical use right now. I think it's uh, it's a lot. I think it's quite it's a, a, few. a large, yeah. and that's fine. I think that that's totally okay. But as far as the the other side, I totally get the. Uh, legal standpoint when it comes to having to spend more money on prosecutions and people going to jail uh, and then the revenue, that's great. It's just, I don't have enough confidence in the people that are using it that shouldn't be using it. Or maybe this encourages them to use it too much, but that's personal responsibility and you can't have everybody do what is good and what is bad. So that's a, that's a whole nother show that we don't even need to go down that road. So, but, uh, and look at, and look at the, neither legal, here nor there at, and neither here nor there. <laughs> look at, I mean, what's the biggest, what's the biggest drug problem in America right now? Opiate. Caffeine. Those are all okay. those <laughs> Caffeine. Technically that's a drug, right? And the, yeah. Okay. That's sneaky. But, I, mean, I got that in there. <laughs> But, I mean, opiates are the biggest drug problem in the in the world right yeah. now. They're all legal. I mean, obviously yeah, not heroin. I know. But, you know, all these pain pills, are all, it's all legal. Now, how you obtain them might be illegal. Or if well, they got a guy for that. Ones, that. They got a guy. They exactly. Got a guy. Everybody's got a guy. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, the, the giant move in the media – against legalization of marijuana, I think, comes from a lot of people that have massive influence and a massive interest in making marijuana illegal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's, 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 a lot of agendas know, so. attached to it, a lot of agendas, as opposed to yeah. the uh, overall well-being or the concerns of the citizens. That's, uh, everything is extremely agenda-driven, so... Oh, shall they say oh. to each their own, to each their own. Exactly. All right. I want to talk exactly. about just, I want to talk about two real quick 
bad things. And then I'd want to mention one or two good ones just because I, I want to have a little up, like uplifting to the show today. Um, one you pointed <laughs> out to me, so I will let you share that in a second. But the other one that jumped out at me just because it's California, another state joined the plastic bag ban. I don't know why they're picking on grocery stores, but apparently now in Oregon, you cannot use single-use plastic bags. They're going to charge you. Or you got to bring your own bag, which I have bags that have gotten over the years, and I've never once brought them to the grocery store, and it's been 15 years over time. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but I don't know why they're picking on grocery stores when, as we mentioned earlier, Uber, Uber Eats, takeout, there's plastic bags all over the place. So Oregon, congratulations. You are right there with California and you're going to solve the problem apparently. So way to go, Oregon. That to me sounds like it was just money revenue generating. Tell them about the one in California, which I didn't know about, which I thought was really funny. So I have a very good friend, uh, one of my best friends in the world who is a construction work, uh, owns a construction business in Northern California. Um, and I got a call from him uh, a few weeks ago about helping him set up a, a, some, a new business entity for some work he's doing. Um, and the work, it, it was all based on um, apparently there is a new regulation that goes into effect at the beginning of 2021 in California where no one can throw away any perishable food anymore. You are forbidden. You are forbidden (laughs) to throw away any perishable food at any point in time. And now that has sparked, you know, there's rolling out this new recycling program where I guess they turn the perishable foods into some type of gas. Um, So that's prompted the need for these recycling facilities and uh, facilities to store this gas and people to make the machines to turn this, the, the perishable food into gas. Um, and it's all state subsidized and uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. <laughs> California continues. Way to go. They're kind of continue the, the trend of being a country unto themselves. Uh, well, they're saying, how many, so. how many apples does it take to, to, uh, to fuel a forerunner, you know, so like, oh, come on, people, yeah, focus on uh, the homeless yeah. in, in Los Angeles or perhaps the uh, defecation piles in uh, San Francisco and leave the people to throw away their apple cores. It's, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> interesting. So. <laughs> All right, let's, let's throw out a couple good ones so we can end the show on a uplifting and positive note. Um, No more texting while driving. Florida, they are on board. Massachusetts later this year. Arizona, we don't have it yet, but on the Indian reservations, there is big signs that say no texting. In Nevada, you guys, do you have any of that no texting uh, laws yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. I mean, yeah, we have no texting law. I mean, if if a cop even drives by and sees you holding your cell phone while you're driving, he pulls you over and gives you a ticket. Oh, yikes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They're pretty I, harsh with it, which they should be. They absolutely. Yeah, that's be. bad because I see people texting. They're sitting at the light, or if they're driving, you see the car swerving, and they're not paying attention. So I'm, I'm good with that one. I'm that one. Uh, check. I, I approve. Way to go. Um, absolutely. 
this one I thought was interesting. I want to, I'll briefly mention it. The control of your personal data. Uh, California, that's the California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA. It's the nation's toughest privacy law. Just to give people a, a read, this I, I thought it was interesting when I read this. If you've noticed over the past month, month and a half, you've been getting all of these privacy notifications from anyone that you're subscribed to for a newsletter, for an app, or whatever. And I'm going, God, what is, is it the end of the year? But I don't remember this last year. Well, because of this privacy law, all of the companies basically had to say, here's our, here's our stand on it. And whether you read it or not, you, you read it or not, but click this button. So apparently what it does is that California residents can demand companies disclose what data they've collected on them. And if the user wants the data deleted, the companies will have to comply, which uh, I learned about this yesterday from a friend of mine. And this is actually a, a very interesting big deal because it has to do with artificial intelligence and data about people's behaviors and patterns, whether it comes between buying or just integrating their social media habits. So you have this huge profile of things, which I had no idea until we had this conversation yesterday. And then when I saw this, they said, wow. So I, it's actually good because you can contact Google and say, I want you to get rid of my name in every search engine. And now because of this, uh, whether it's actually in place, I'm sure there's tens and tons of lawsuits going on to, to prohibit it. You can have that all wiped out. So then when you typed your name into Google, your name wouldn't come up. Um, so it should be interesting to see what happens because this is completely unprecedented, uncharted waters. And a lot of the companies are using all that data uh, in another capacity, which we'll talk about maybe in another show, to uh, track, yeah. not I, physically track I, your location, I, it's track all of your habit buying patterns and profile. It's, it was crazy what I, what I found out yesterday. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is a, uh, this is definitely a good one. We'll, we've been bashing California. This is a, this is a good one because it's, uh, you just don't know nowadays. There's so much data out there. You got to put in your data at every company you do anything with nowadays online, and they just sell it and sell it and sell it and sell it. And that's why you can't really run into somebody nowadays that hasn't hasn't had their credit card number stolen at some point or have some type of identity theft or something. It actually just happened to my brother yesterday. He's trying to buy a Ooh. house and they pulled it. They pulled his credit and. Our mortgage guy called him and said, "What what happened to your credit?" He said, "What are you talking about? We pulled his credit, and somebody had uh, opened an, an account in his name back in June that he had no idea about that had gotten sent to sent to collections for one hundred eighty seven dollars oh. and dropped his credit score <laughs> by about seventy points. You know, so it's uh, it, it, this is a good thing uh, that uh, that will hopefully help because it is there's just a lot of information on everybody out there nowadays." Another one for California. They, for striking out in the whole per, first part of the show, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of hit a home run right towards the end. So I got we'll, we'll give them themselves. credit. Yeah, they did. Way to go, California! <laughs> so this is actually a good one. Uh, more people can sue over sexual abuse as part of this whole Me Too movement. So they are suspending statutes of limitations. For victims of all ages to pursue prosecution, I'm sure there's some, like you had mentioned, carve-outs, but they're basically expand, expanding the statute of limitations for childhood victims, and they basically have, from what I understand, to uh, a very long period of time, sometimes to the age of 40, 
to pursue some sort of legal action. So that hopefully will, you know, and that to me is, is something that anyone who's watched a lot, an episode of Law and Order SVU over the past 21 years that it's been on, you're watching these shows going, wait, you mean to tell me if this person doesn't file within, let's just say three or whatever it is, three years, five years, then it, it disappears. And you just, every, you know, every episode you're like, God, that makes no sense. So this is actually yeah. something positive. So then way to go, California. Absolutely. I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. So that you can go ahead and spread across the country. The rest of it, eh, keep it in your, keep it in your own state. <laughs> keep, it, keep it there. <laughs> and, yep. I, <laughs> they are interesting. That's for sure. They were yeah, getting but, a, we have a hu- huge influx of Californians coming into Vegas, uh, right now from the for the football team and uh everything that that's bringing in so it's uh it's interesting to see the face of the my city that I grew up in uh, just kind of change before my eyes so it's uh it's interesting I'll just say that yeah the the state is leaking in all types of of uh, directions and uh they're leaking in their own towns they're leaking money and they're leaking over to Arizona and Nevada so thank you uh what is it? The sun, not the Sunshine State, the Golden State. Yeah. The, the Golden State. The Golden State is no longer golden. Maybe it's silver right now, headed towards bronze, and then I'm not sure what the next color is. It could be the color of probably defecation since it's all over the city. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get beyond oh, the new state goodness. flag. Oh my goodness! Yeah, all right, exactly. we'll, we'll lay off California and. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to bring to the attention of the listeners, Robert? I, I hope that they found the show a little bit uh, entertaining, but um, you know, like I said, some of these things are on the way that they will be in multiple states and they do affect everybody. So I just wanted to bring up some current events slash legal things to be aware of and throw in a little bit of fun. So anything else you want to bring to the table? No, good to be back. Thank you everybody. And uh, we will, see you soon and and as long as something else doesn't cause a gigantic <laughs> exactly. crater in my life then I will be more <laughs> back soon oh yeah uh, so on that note on that note we will we will still always send prayers to your family and you and and uh wish you wish you well and uh you know this too shall pass and thank yeah there's you. really not much you can say so we'll uh we'll be back in two weeks everybody we promise and uh so at the oat another great episode with my good friend robert massey robert will be delivering the massey memo on the first and third fridays of every month all of our guests and experts information and in their shows are listed on our website everythinghometalkshow.com we encourage you to check it out and begin to use it as a resource to meet hire and learn from good people doing good business and good things just click anywhere on their banners and enjoy the show you can also listen and subscribe to everything home on itunes apple Podcasts, google play google Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and Blog Talk Radio. We're making it very easy and convenient for you to listen to us and enhance the quality of your life. And remember to like and follow Everything Home Talk Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And feel free to send us an email or message on which topics you want to hear about and which guests you want to learn from. I appreciate you listening. Make it a great day, everybody. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.